Welcome, everybody, to the program today. I welcome to the show James Fetzer of jamesfetzer.org. He's an amazing guy, conspiracy guy. Isn't that right, James? Yes, yes, yes. Among my other traits, yes. Well, you've gotten quite a reputation of uh, blowing the whistle on so many things that people think were actual occurrences, but as it turns out, they really, really look like they were orchestrated events for uh, some nefarious purpose. For Well, you know, Paul, Mark Twain observed that it's easier to fool a man than to convince him he's been fooled. So I do collaborative research. I bring together groups of experts that sort these things out, people who are experience and have proficiency in areas where I do not. For example, in relation to JFK, a world authority on the human brain, who is also an expert on wound ballistics, a PhD in physics, who is also an MD and board certified in radiation oncology, the, even an expert in the interpretation of x-rays, a physician who's actually been in trauma room number one when JFK's moribund body was brought in and then two days later responsible for the care and treatment of the alleged assassin Lee Oswald, I've done this over and over with JFK, with 9-11, with Sandy Hook, with a Boston bombing, Orlando, Dallas, Charlottesville, Parkland, even Las, Las Vegas, Paul. So it's astounding that of all those I just enumerated, I know of only one dead body, and that's supposed to be Stephen Paddock, the shooter in Las Vegas. And somehow the body that was subject to autopsy didn't correspond in physical features to his wildlife, his fishing and game cards. So we even have doubts about who that was. But in all the other cases, all those deaths we reported, whether it's 17 at Parkland, 50 plus Las Vegas, 20 children and six adults at Sandy Hook, it was all fake, totally fake. And I not only do the research, Paul, uh, uh, where because we're collaborating, we're essentially vetting one another and reducing dramatically the probability that we might be wrong, publishing these books, Indeed, when I first uh, published Nobody Died at Sandy Hook, it was a FEMA drill to promote gun control in 2015. Amazon banned the book less than a month after it had been put on sale, even though it sold over nearly 500 copies, Paul. You'd think if you're a book distributor, you'd like a book that sold nearly 500 copies in its first month, so that Mike Palachek, my co-editor, and I recognize we had to found our own outlet and did with moonrockbooks.com where you can find all those books available of the 12 volumes we published at moonrock books paul six have been banned by amazon and i gotta claim that as the indoor record wow so moonrockbooks.com yes and they can get all of your books there and not just the oh, unbanned ones. Well, these are the majority of my books on on conspiracy research. Now, I had three previous books on JFK, Assassination Science, 1998, Murder in Dealey Plaza, 2000, The Great Zapruder Film Hoax, 2003. I had an earlier book on 9-11, The 9-11 Conspiracy, The Scamming of America, 2007. In the meanwhile, I had a book in 2004 on The Strange Death of Senator Paul Wellstone, co-authored with Don Forero's Jacobs where I brought in other experts, one in electromagnetism, where we ascertained how the plane had been taken down, which was creating an electromagnetic field, and then resetting the global positioning network, which no one thought before could be done in order to bring the pilots into uh, the kill zone two miles short of the airport, which would have been an easy land under ordinary circumstances. Well, Paul Wellstone, uh, Sonny Bono, that's just a couple of names of politicians that started to see something going wrong and they made it known that they intended to get to the bottom of it. And then next thing you know, Sonny Bono, he has a skiing accident and Paul Wellstone's plane crashes when, oh, just about any pilot could have brought that plane in safely. <laughs> that's That's right. And just give you an indication of what was going on there. Wolf Blitzer was claiming how they closed the airport. So that tells you what's going on. He was also claiming the weather was terrible. Well, I have photographs that were taken in the area. The weather wasn't terrible. They claimed there was, you know, uh, frozen rain, hail and all that. It's false. It didn't happen. I was only 60 miles away in my office on the Duluth campus, the University of Minnesota, when the crash took place. I was being interviewed by, a, by a, a reporter for an alternative newspaper in the area. 
And when he said, well, we'll see what happens with, uh, you know, the, the box, the black box. And I'll t- I told him there won't be one. Actually, mm-hmm. that plane had two pilots when it only required one. It, it, it was an Air King. It was a wonderful aircraft, like the Rolls-Royce of small craft. And while I believe there actually was a black box, the way they did it, when the, the, they, they nullified uh, all the computerized components in the plane by the electromagnetic field so that a school superintendent in the vicinity heard what he, these popping sounds he thought were rifle shots being fired at the plane, but not so. It was these computer components popping, which included the, the not only the stall warning navigation communication system, but the the tilt of the, the props, it set something they couldn't explain afterwards why the props were on idle. They were actually below idle, meaning that once they took that out, all they had was the glide ratio, which with that plane was like one to a hundred. So it'd go up a hundred feet or a hundred yards for every one foot or one yard, it would descend vertically. And the pilots tried to steer it into a soft wooded area. But after the crash, Uh, which broke off the wings, by the way, and the tail, where the wings are filled with the fuel. So there was a very peculiar fire that endured for seven hours, and it was so intense the fire department couldn't put it out. So they reduced the entire plane to charcoal to ensure there wouldn't be any remains of those computerized components that had been popped in order to make it happen. They had to have coated it with magnesium or... Uh, thermite or something like that. It was such an intense fire, they couldn't put it out for seven hours. Wow. And this <clears throat> this kind of like um, jet fuel melting the superstructure. Oh, of, oh it's uh, absurd. Jet fuel, even under ideal conditions, when it's fed pure oxygen, gets a thousand degrees short of what it would have taken to weaken or cause the steel to melt. In fact, those the designs of the building was such it wasn't even physically possible for them to collapse, Paul. It wasn't even physically possible. For example, uh, I have we're a, talking a, about a, the Twin Towers right now. Yeah, I'm talking the Twin Towers. Okay. Yeah, I, I have a, a, a retired high school math, physics, chemistry teacher. I mean, a really smart guy who did elementary calculation and discovered for every one unit of downward force, say, from the top 16 floors of the North Tower, there were 199 units of upward force. So it wasn't even possible they could have collapsed. And when they talk about planes having entered the building, that was another physical impossibility. It turns out, given the design of the buildings, where you had these, you know, it was a, a tube within a tube design. So you had 47 massive core columns within the inner tube. And then you had 230 within the outer tube, which were very formidable steel and they were connected by steel trusses filled with four to eight inches of concrete so that every floor represented because the buildings were 280 feet on a side, an acre of concrete on a steel truss. Had a plane tried to enter it with a crumpled external to the building, body seats, luggage, tail wings fall into the ground. The engines, engines. yes, which are virtually indestructible, might have entered, but not the plane. So that what we're shown is a fantasy, a physical impossibility. It's interesting you do logical thinking because I offered courses in logic, critical thinking, and scientific reasoning for 35 years to my college students. And I'd explain if they'd come to the university to take only one course, this was the course they ought to take because it would enable them to reason through other situations, not allow themselves to be duped, whether it's by a used car salesman or an editorial writer or a politician, all of whom specialize in committing elementary fallacies such as what's known as special pleading, only citing the evidence favorable to your side and ignoring the rest, which we get all the time, sad to say, for example, with this COVID nonsense, even though the Nuremberg Code requires anyone who is subjected to an experimental medical procedure, and remember, these mRNA vaccines have only had experimental use authorization, has to be informed, fully informed, so they have informed consent. They must be advised of all the defects, all the risks, as well as the benefits, and also informed of the available alternative procedures, which in this case include hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, which have proven virtually 100% effective in dealing with the COVID. But they're not even told that these have the ability to induce sterility, that they can bring about all kinds of bodily damage, including neurological, that they create blood clots. Would you believe and, and this is information that the FDA wanted to cover up. The Pfizer studies, before they got the FDA 
approval in only 108 days included with hundreds of pregnant women. And would you believe everyone they've reported so far lost, lost her fetus. They had a stillborn, they had an abortion, so that they had a 100% loss of fetus for pregnant women who took that. Well, I think any woman hearing that would say, you know, thanks, but no thanks to the yeah. jab. And would you believe, Paul, now men are assessing a woman's vac status as a prospect for a, for a bride because if she's had the vax, her prospects of fertility of bearing children is very dramatically reduced. So the, this is part and parcel of how we're being scammed. And would you believe that information, which is already out because a, a judge would not allow the FDA to put off the release of these documents for 75 years, mm -hmm. which, by the way, is the average lifespan of an American. This is what the Warren report did. They didn't want to release their supporting documents for 75 years. So everyone who'd been alive at the time of the assassination of JFK would not be alive when the documents and record were finally released. They were pulling the similar scam. But a federal judge overruled. They've got to have it all out by the 1st of March. That happens to be Biden's State of the Union Day. A whole lot of events are taking place where because they were unable to get their voter theft law through, and let's call it what it is, it would federalize all elections, get rid of ID requirements, and make it all mail-in ballots, Paul, which means the Democrats could guarantee they would steal every federal election from now until doomsday. I mean, it's just insane what they were trying to pull off. They know from their pollsters that they can expect a bloodbath in November. So all of a sudden, given they were unable with their Hail Mary to get through this method where they could continue to steal elections just as they stole the 2020 election, Biden's now slipping out and saying, well, you know, the, the, the Republicans might try to steal 2022. How can that happen? Biden just told us how his election was absolutely flawless. In, in fact, the Democrats attack anyone who's critical of Biden's election that it might have been something suspect in spite of a mountain of evidence that increases every single day, even though they spent five years actually telling us that Donald Trump had stolen the election from Hillary Clinton. I think the people are catching on, Paul. This is a lot of very nasty bullshit, and I don't think the people are going to tolerate. And however much they try, where the day after that bill failed because Kristen Sinema and, and uh, uh, Manchin, Joe Manchin would not revise the filibuster, take it away for voting to let this outrageous bill pass, they began talking about funding the police where before it had all been defunding the police. And we know that where that got us, Paul, all right. this massive increase in crime. In fact, once you defund the police, once you downgrade these crimes, I mean, in New York now, uh, armed robbery is only a misdemeanor, Paul. Can you believe that? And of right. course, in California, they're allowing the what they call shoplifting up to $950 is also only a misdemeanor. They're letting it go. They're having whole caravans pull up and looting high-end stores like, like Northrums of, of vast amounts of, 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 of property, goods, furs, clothing, jewelry. It's all outrageous. This is what the Democrats have brought us, frankly. I don't think the American people want to see that happen to the entirety of the United States. Well, the narrative completely changes, you know, when when the Democrats win, we had the most secure election ever. But when the Republicans win, <clears throat> he stole it. <laughs> so That's right. That's right. It's so clear cut and it's so blatant. It's so transparent. And yeah. the hypocrisy now, you know, when Biden let that slip, it's because that's going to be their narrative when they get wiped out in in November. They're going to claim well, the Republicans stole it. But in fact, it's going to be the American people in outrage over these Democrat policies. Look, black voters are moving to the Republican Party. Latino voters are moving to the Republican Party. The only voters they're going to get are the ones they're allowing to stream over our southern border. And, and I'll tell you, Paul, I was just watching Tucker tonight. That's the one show I, I endeavored to never miss. He's doing a great job on exposing the, the corruption and hypocrisy of contemporary politics, though he's weak in classic conspiracies like JFK 9-11, much less the moon landing. Tucker just won't go there. So he could improve, but he's doing a hell of a job. He's exposing how now they're letting all these young men between like 18 and 24 stream across the border. And I'll tell you, Paul, he was talking about it. They're being set to uh, three different states. And I'll just tell you, 
they are decimating the American military by using the VAX. They're taking mm-hmm. the most strong patriotic uh, members of our military and forcing them out. They need to replace them. The American military would not fire on American citizens were there a conflict, which I see as virtually inevitable. But these guys from Guatemala, you know, uh, 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 El Salvador, uh, Haiti, whatever, they're going to put them right in the military. They're going to grant them citizenship, and then they're going to use them to fire on the American people. That's what's coming, Paul. It's that bad. So taking them to states where there's a nearby major military training facility, I guarantee that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. They... And, and, and let me add, I know something about the military. I served as a Marine Corps officer for four years, including recruit training, where I had 15 DIs and 300 recruits under my command, going through an 11-week training cycle, and then we'd pick up another series. And the following year, they moved me up to regimental headquarters to revise a training program. So instead of training uh, 8,000 recruits in 11 weeks, we could train 11,000 recruits in eight weeks using the same facility. Now, that was because... Given the death of JFK, Lyndon was running up the Vietnam War, where Jack had already declared we were going to get all American forces out by 1964. The the amount of money that is made by the military-industrial complex from these wars is so staggering, they will go to any lengths to make sure they're happening. And now we have what I think is actually a pseudo-event in relation to the Russia and Ukraine. Russia has no interest in invading Ukraine. Ukraine is a corrupt nation. Ukraine has massive debts. The Russians don't want to take those over. All they want is that NATO should stop threatening Russia by moving forward, turning these Eastern Bloc countries into NATO nations, which Ronald Reagan, by the way, solemnly vowed would never happen. That was part of the negotiation with Mikhail Gorbachev that the West and NATO would make no effort to politicize those Eastern Bloc countries no effort to turn them into NATO nations. We have been unabated in violating that perhaps most solemn agreement and turning them into NATO nations and putting our weaponry all along the border of Russia. And now we're seeking to provoke the bear. I think it's all because we've had dramatic developments in relation to the pandemic. Just last week, Boris Johnson removed virtually all of the pandemic mandates, the mask wearing, the school closing, working from home. He relieved them all in the UK. We're not getting any coverage here in the US because he was upstaging Joe Biden. What Biden wants is to go on the air on one march for his State of the Union and make himself out to be the man who vanquished the the virus. He's gonna wanna take claim for that. But by Boris doing that, He's been upstage and get this ball, and this is really extremely important. On the 6th of December last, which happened to be my birthday, so I regarded this as a present, a complaint was filed with the International Criminal Court by seven defendants against 16 miscreants for committing genocide, war crimes, uh, crimes against humanity, violating the Nuremberg Code and the Rome Statute. And among those who were identified is Anthony Fauci, to whom I refer as Tony the Rat, Bill and Melinda Gates, the CEOs of Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, and J&J, the the executive director of the uh, World Health Organization and the presidents of the Rockefeller Foundation and of the World Economic Forum, which, of course, had been promoting the Great Reset in the wake of the pandemic, where its founder and Executive Director Klaus Schwab, who is himself a Rothschild, has been advocating how the pandemic gives a unique opportunity to reset society in a way that, get this, Paul, everyone has to appreciate the enormity of the scam going on here, that the WEF will pay off your mortgages, all your credit cards, your student loans in return for, you're surrendering all your property and assets, they'll give you a stipend and a small cubicle to reside if you accept a vaccine regimen that will go on forever. If you resist, I'll put you in a COVID camp. And should you continue to be unwilling to be vaxxed, they'll separate your head from your body using a guillotine made in guess where? China. China Mm -hmm. is the model, Paul. They want an homogenized society. And I'll tell you, and this is a profoundly disturbing aspect that very few seem to understand, included 
in these these vaxes and because it's an emergency use authorization under the law they don't have to reveal contents which was part of the very diabolically clever scheme involved here spanish experts including laboratory analysts have looked at the contents and they not only include microprocessors and parasites that are very weird but something called uh, graphene oxide which is self-replicating meaning you get a certain amount of graphene and it makes more and more and more and more graphene oxide is a flimsiest material known to man it's only an atom thick and it creates an interface over your brain that interacts with 5g it has a way to affect your synapses so they can remotely affect your thoughts and your feelings. We've all seen this statement promoting the Great Reset saying, it's 2035, I, I own nothing and I'm happier than I've ever been. Well, well, how many of us would be happier if we didn't have a car, if we didn't have a home, if we didn't have television, entertainment, whatever, whatever? None of us would be happier if they, we gave up all our assets. But the point is, using the IG interface, they're going to control our thoughts and our feelings. That being happy is not our own thought, our own feeling. We will have lost our individuality, our creativity, our capacity to make decisions for myself will be remotely controlled by 5G. I have in all that scientific research, philosophical scientific research on artificial intelligence, cognitive science, um, I have established, I founded an international journal called Minds and Machines, that you cannot turn a digital machine, technically a von Neumann machine that processes information in terms of strings of zeros and ones or high and low voltage into a thinking thing. There are decisive reasons why that cannot be done. So that while you can create these artificial things that simulate human speech and behavior to a high degree, they are incapable of thought. So what they've done is reverse the process to take thinking things, namely human beings, and by means of graphene oxide, turn us into robotic beings. That's their agenda, Paul. It's staggering. It's ambition. It's staggering. It is devastating. And everyone needs to understand that's what's going on today. It's absolutely demonic. Absolutely. Uh, as far as uh, graphene oxide, it is a more efficient conductor than any known material of electricity. It's, it's very efficient. It has very low resistance to current flow. It is very thin, like you said, one atom or one molecule thick, which means it's razor sharp. So when there are clusters of graphene oxide flying around in your bloodstream at uh, 50 miles an hour, okay, I might be over-exaggerating, no, but no, those, no, it's very, very sharp, fast transmitting. Yes, absolutely, yes. Those sharp edges are also scoring the inside of your blood vessels, your, your veins. They're literally cutting you to ribbons from the inside. And that is what I believe is a result of the athletes, that they get the jab, and then they wind up passing out on the field, and they never come back is because their blood, their circulatory system is, is so high performance that their blood is moving fast enough that those graphene oxide uh, molecules just literally cut them to ribbons right there between the third and fourth quarter. That it's absolutely... Uh, Paul, Paul you're right on top of this. We have world-class athletes, soccer players, for example, dropping dead on the field. Yeah. These are men in their peak of their physical condition. We just had in Australia the world's greatest tennis player be denied the right to participate in the Open there because he refused to be vaxxed. Now they're demonizing him and attacking him and punishing him because they want to set an example. If you refuse to get vaxxed, here's what's going to happen to you, and it doesn't matter who you are. You could be the greatest tennis player the world's ever known, and we're still going to come after you. Just after they came after Aaron Rodgers, who very reasonably said he'd uh, – taken, you know, ivermectin and HCQ and this uh, antibody uh, 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 intravenous thing that the Biden administration is now cutting off red states from having access to. In other words, they're deliberately killing residents of red states on political grounds. Alex Berenson now was featured on the show with Tucker here just moments before I came on with you. And he was talking about 
reporting now that this was probably the most serious report he'd ever made with Tucker, where he's been on dozens and dozens of times. And he said, it turns out that the most vaxxed countries in the world, which include Israel, have the highest rate of infection and a soaring death rate, which not only demonstrates a vaccine doesn't prevent the infection, it doesn't inhibit transmission, and that he's now finally declaring what I have suggested was obvious virtually from the beginning. These products need to be pulled off the market, pulled off the market. And it turns out, by the way, that the leaders, Macron, Trudeau, these other people, were actually trained by the World Economic Forum to have the roles here in pushing the vax, which is, it's a deadly vax, right? They orchestrated a fake shooting at the capital of Ashley Babbitt. And I just watched a very thoroughgoing video about the officer who shot her. He was too far away. She didn't pose a threat. There's no possible way this was a justifiable shoot. He was using a 45. As a Marine Corps officer, I qualified with a 45 four years in a row. It appears to me he was firing a blank. There wasn't sufficient recoil. More importantly, she's supposed to have been hit in the neck. Well, the neck has major arteries. If she'd hit in the neck with a 45, there'd be blood gushing everywhere, everywhere. There was practically no blood. Indeed, indeed. Uh, in another video that I posted on my BitChute channel, Jim Fetzer, uh, if you go way down there, you'll see a 20-minute video about the crowd coming into the Capitol, and you have managers and directors telling them where to go and what to do. And in the video covering the Ashley Babbitt shooting, you can see she falls back onto her backpack, which cushions her. She misses a marble pillar there that would have caused her a skull fracture. They made sure she didn't hit that, and they give her a little packet of fake blood. So you got a little bit of what appears to be blood from her mouth and nose, but none gushing from her neck. Totally fake. They had to do that, Paul, so they could claim that January 6th was a lethal, a deadly event. They had to stage an event to make sure they'd be able to make that claim because it was fabricated. The FBI had a guy there, Ray Epps, and dozens of others. I, uh, I can't tell you how many FBI agents were there, but I'll bet you it was in excess of 100, possibly 600. The FBI does this in, in the in the Whitcomb kidnapping that was totally contrived. They had a meeting of like 16 who were going to conspire and 15 of the 16 were either FBI agents or informants for the FBI to try to get sympathy for this Whitcomb, who's just a monster like this new governor in New York is a monster. I mean, these are awful people who have no business in governance. But the whole idea was to trash Trump because under the 14th Amendment, Section 3, if you participate in an insurrection or encourage an insurrection, when you have taken an oath to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution, you're ineligible to help hold future office in the federal government. So they contrive this whole thing because they fear Trump like they have no other political figure in history, Paul. Trump cleaned their clock in 2016 when it was rigged for Hillary. The voting coming from the rural areas was so overwhelming they couldn't stop him. And then in 2020, they had to go to extraordinary lengths. I mean, the ways they used to steal the election in 2020 boggled the mind. Extreme. So that now they can see what's coming in 2022 and 2024. They're trying to disqualify him as a candidate. It's not going to work, Paul, but it won't be for lack of trying. Right. It won't be for lack of trying. You had a uh, False Flags and Conspiracies virtual conference. Let's, I want to talk about that a little bit because that is actually something that people can go and see right now on your uh, on your website. Can we talk about that a little bit? You had uh, you had some really really high caliber guests at that that event. How did that go? Oh, it went extremely well. It was held on the 11th and the 12th. It was a virtual conference. I held an earlier last year on the 5th and the 6th of December. We originally wanted to hold it in Austin, Texas, and make it a physical gathering there. But with the COVID uncertainties, I was worried that we might be quarantined in a hotel for a couple of weeks. That would have been extraordinary. I couldn't subject the participants who are doing this out of the goodness of their heart for that kind of risk. So I converted that event into a virtual conference, did it again now here in 2021, and had wonderful guests, including the best experts in the field, for example, Nick Kolestrom. This is an historian of science from the UK. 
He has published many books. He's a noted historian of science. For example, there's an encyclopedia of astronomers where Nick Kohlerstrom was invited to write the entry on Sir Isaac Newton, the single most important figure in the history of astronomy. Nick Kohlerstrom was invited to write the entry. He's also an expert on the London 77 subway bombings, where he blew the case apart by discovering that the train from Luton, that the young men who are Muslim, who had been talked into participating in a drill, which was taking place on the same tube stops that actually where it went live, could not have been on the scene that day because a train from Luton had been canceled. Peter hmm. Power had actually orchestrated the whole thing. There's an absolute brilliant video about it online, if they haven't taken it down, called 7-7 Ripple Effect. And you can see the whole event from beginning to end, how it was planned and how they carried it out, turning a drill into a live event. Nick blew it apart. His book, Terror on the Tube, which is now in its umpteenth edition, really is the definitive work about it. Uh, Nick also has published on Moon Rock Books, let me mention. Uh, uh, Chronicles of False Flag Terror, where he discusses 13 different false flag events in Europe, 13 in Manchester, the London Bridge, Charlie Hebdo, you name it, Nick covers it. It's a brilliant book, Paul, and that's available at moonrockbooks.com. Well, Nick actually gave the opening about the gunpowder plot in England, which is among the earliest false flags we know of, and then on the Second day, on Sunday, the 12th, he gave the introduction about the authorship of Shakespeare, which is equally fascinating, a different kind of uh, conspiracy or deception, where the classic false flag, of course, is based upon pirate days. When pirates would approach a target vessel they wanted to raid, flying the flag of a friendly nation, and then when they got close enough to attack, they'd bring down the false flag and run up the skull and bones and scuttle the ship, kill everyone, steal the wares, rape the women. I mean, this is a classic motive, which we have in the JFK 9-11, Sandy Hook, and all that. These are all classic false flags. Let me mention in passing, by the way, Barack Obama, whom so many of us have admired for so long, actually was instrumental in unleashing the floodgate for all of these false flag events by means of the Smith-Mutt Nullification Act. He, mm -hmm. call, he called it the Smith-Mutt Modernization Act of, of 2012, just in time for Sandy Hook, where, where Paul is, I believe you know, the Smith-Mutt Act of 1948 precluded the use of the same techniques of disinformation and propaganda, including staged events, paid riots, and all that the CIA was using abroad. It precluded them from being used in the United States. Obama abolished that, and I guarantee 100%, and I have done from A to Z, Sandy Hook, Boston bombing, Orlando and Dallas, Charlottesville, Parkland, Las Vegas. These were all completely phony staged events. Nobody died with that one possible exception of Stephen Paddock, whereas I observed his physical dimensions don't correspond to the his wildlife fishing game card. So we're really not quite sure whose body that is, but nobody died. Nobody was actually killed in any of those events. Let me give you an illustration. In relation to Las Vegas, Mona Alexis Presley, one of my best researchers, has investigated all the obituaries and discovered that they were based upon persons who died in different states or on different dates or from different causes of death. So they just make these things up and run it all together. In relation to Parkland, they even forgot to put up the obituaries for the 17 who allegedly died there. So you they got forgot. one obituary for 14 April, which, of course, was Valentine's Day. In fact, in, the, in that county, they let all the kids go early at 1 o'clock because it was a holiday. So actually, the only students left behind were a few dozen student crisis actors. And you could look there for weeks after, month after, and there were still no obituaries. They, they commit these glitches. It, it Sandy Hook was more complex, where they, they used a FEMA drill, a two-day exercise, where they had uh, porta-potties in place. They had pizza and bottled water at the firehouse. They had a sign, everyone must check in. They had many there with name tags on lanyards. Uh, uh, all that corresponds with a FEMA exercise where we even found the manual, which I included as Appendix A in the book, because it says right in the manual, everyone must check in with a controller upon arrival so they can be paid and get their ticket for their benefits. They provide restrooms and refreshments. 
they identify the players by color-coded name tags on lanyards. We even have photographs of parents bringing children to the scene, Paul. No parent's going to bring a child to the scene of a child shooting massacre. Returning to the conference, among the special featured guests that evening were Dr. Catherine Horton, who's a particle physicist from Oxford, who's been leading the legal challenge against the use of directed energy weapon to target and torment individuals who are known in the trade as targeted individuals, and her husband, whom she only married within the last year and a half, Bill Binney, who is our nation's leading cybersecurity expert. Bill Binney was the one who called out the Russian hacking hoax by observing that the files had been downloaded directly from the server at a rate too fast to have been distant hacking, and it was done in the Eastern time zone, in fact, we know it was by Seth Rich, who was a Bernie Sanders supporter, who was disillusioned by the way the DNC was trashing Bernie. We also have Oli Domagard as a speaker, where Oli is absolutely sensational. He is so good at cracking false flags, Paul, that based upon clues left behind, he's been able to predict where the next false flag would take place. And, you know, it, it goes on and on. Ron Avery does brilliant work about a number of legal cases, including my own, where a lawsuit was brought against me for allegedly having defamed one of the Sandy Hook parents by declaring in the book that a death certificate he shared with one of my colleagues was fake. Well, the death certificate has no file number. It has no town certification. It has no state certification. So that even under Connecticut law, not even parents are allowed to have an uncertified death certificate. They attach to the complaint a certified death certificate with a file number, a, a, a town certification, a state certification, and absurdly claimed in the complaint that the two were not materially different. We'll get this. I responded to the complaint because I thought it was an opportunity to get all the evidence I'd amassed in the book into the court so it could be made available to the public as having, as it were, been judicially certified. During the organizing conference to plan the proceedings, the judge ruled out that I should present any of that evidence. He said he understood where I was coming from, but that what uh, all my evidence had nothing to do with the accuracy or the truth of the death certificate. Paul, the death certificate said the decedent died at Sandy Hook Elementary School on 14 December of multiple gunshot wounds. He wouldn't allow me to introduce it. It was absurd. And then when I introduced in addition to those two, two other death certificates, one obtained from the state and one obtained from the town, all four of which were different, and the reports of two forensic document experts that all four of the death certificates were fake, he nevertheless went along with a plaintiff's attorney who offered what the judge said was a plausible explanation that he accepted and found me having guilty of committing defamation without without resolving the question of the authenticity of the death certificate, which was a fundamental issue, which meant summary judgment could not apply. The judge had the obligation to send it to a jury to resolve the disputed issue. Well, that's in there, too, and a host of other really good stuff, Paul. So I'm just tickled that you bring it up. False flags and conspiracies 2021. And while you're there, you can also access False Flags and Conspiracy 2020, which is available to the public for free. So, Paul, I'm very grateful. I want everyone to get a handle on all of these events where I'm, you know, investing all my time and effort as a, a now long since retired university professor since 2006 to exposing these shenanigans by bringing together experts and applying the principles of scientific reasoning a key aspect of which is separating the authentic evidence from the fabricated evidence, because once that is done, the evidence falls into place and points in the same direction in which you're entitled to infer, to accept in the tentative and fallible fashion of science, a best supported hypothesis, which in each of the cases we're discussing is that this was a fraudulent, a staged and orchestrated event, and typically it carries us back to the government of having a role, a key responsibility. In the case of Wellstone, it was a small-scale conspiracy. Karl Rove, uh, uh, Rumsfeld, Cheney, I believe, decided that Wellstone had to be taken out. In the case of 9-11, it appears to have been inspired by Ehud Umert and Bibi Netanyahu back in the late 1980s, who wanted to find a way 
to draw American forces into the Middle East to take out the modern Arab states that served as a counterbalance to Israel's domination of the entire region and did that in orchestration with uh, the CIA and the neocons in the Department of Defense, most of whom were dual U.S.-Israeli citizens. There's much more among the most stunning aspects of which is that the buildings did not collapse, as we discussed in the beginning. And in fact, none of the 9-11 aircraft actually crashed on 9-11. Two of the planes weren't even in the air that day. Flight 11, North Tower, Flight 77, Pentagon were not even in the air that day. And where pilots for 9-11 Truth Track, Flight 93, Shanksville, which was over Champaign-Urbana after it officially crashed in Pennsylvania, and 175, which everyone, having seen the videos, believes hit the South Tower over Harrisburg and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, after it officially crashed into the South Tower, and where I obtained FAA registration records that showed the actual physical aircraft used for those two flights. For the same plane, of course, can be used today, Tampa to Chicago, tomorrow New York to California. We're not even formally deregistered or taken out of service until 28 September 2005, mm-hmm. raising the questions. How can planes that weren't even in the air have crashed on 9-11 and how can planes that crashed on 9-11 have still been in the air four years later? Those books on 9-11 and JFK, by the way, have not been banned by Amazon or available at Moonrock Books, along with all the others, except for the Sandy Hook book, which is in legal limbo, because the whole point of bringing the lawsuit against me was to defeat the free distribution of the PDF which I had done after it had been banned by Amazon, recognizing this was a political stunt. I made it available for free as a PDF. And where a friend who follows these matters has told me it has been downloaded some 10 million times. All they wanted to cut off the flood guy. They brought the phony suit and they went after those who are releasing it for free on the ground that they'd be violating the court, finding a defamation and make themselves vulnerable to a lawsuit. So that's, covering a lot of ground in brief compass, and I'm just delighted you invited me to join you today. Well, the most important part of this program is logical thinking, getting people to start looking at the real evidence. Don't don't sit there and listen to the talking heads, and certainly don't take my word for it. Don't take anyone's word for it. Look it up yourself. Yeah, look through the photos. Look through the images. I mean, we've got the Library of Congress at our fingertips. Not if we use Google, though, because all those results are filtered. But we have the ability to find what the real story is. And if we don't want to dig that deep and put the thousands of hours into the research to figure out what actually happened, they can go to jamesfetzer.org and a lot of their questions will be answered by what is it 24 25 hours of amazing speakers yes 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 each of the two conferences on false flags and conspiracies had 24 presentations paul you're absolutely right 24 presentations and there you're looking at some of the bio sketches you can find it all on my blog at jamesfetzer.org fascinating stuff i think you don't want to miss it check it out uh, this uh, this list of uh, this list of um, videos here is amazing. Uh, you've got Oli Damagard there. Um, you've got Jack Mullen, Stephanie Sledge, you could, uh, Harry Mankow, Scott Bennett, Carl Hartwig. There's amazing stuff, and it's all in one spot. Uh, what uh, what's the the cost involved in in? Uh, well, that's interesting. That... There are three types of tickets. You can get a ticket for. One of the presentations for only $5, you can watch it some six times. For okay. $25, you get access to all 24 programs for a month. For 40 you can get all 24 programs for a year. And there's so much there. I think you'd find it was a wise investment to go for a year because it yeah. gives you so much opportunity to review these reports. And they're so broad and deep. I encourage everyone to take advantage of the opportunity. Yeah, it's there is so much information in each one of those videos. I'm guessing that in order to catch it all, you might have to watch each one a couple times, you know, because it's like watching a movie. Every time you see a movie, you see something different that you didn't see before. I'll vouch for that. Yes, I agree. That's completely right. And 
there's a lot of information available on both my Litshoot site and on my uh, blog there, including that for uh, uh, not quite a year in 2020, I had a blog and a website entitled JimTheConspiracyGuy.org. And between uh, uh, May and uh, November, I did 65 shows on Jim the Conspiracy Guy. I couldn't con afford to continue the website, so I transferred links to all 65 shows to my blog. So if you go to jamesfetcher.org and just enter jimtheconspiracyguy.com, uh, the 65 shows, you'll have access to 65 more shows. Wow. And you can just scroll down and pick and choose. Paul, there's a whole lot of wealth of material there I'm seeking to sh share with the public because the American people are entitled to know the truth about their own history. Yes. And the whole thing is don't take whatever you see on the mainstream news. Don't take whatever you see on the headlines of the controlled media newspapers. Don't take that as gospel. Go find it out yourself. Exercise a little logical thinking. Paul, oh, you got it exactly right. I couldn't have said it better myself. I couldn't agree more. So the 2020 conference, let's cover that one uh, really quickly. You said that one's free. Is that one also yeah, that one's free now? Yes, it is. I had a lot of sensational speakers. There was an overlap. There were a lot of speakers at both the 2020 and the 2021. Someone I'd especially highlight is Dina Pollard Sachs, who has done a huge amount of research on the godfathers of sex abuse, Bill Cosby. Harvey Weinstein, Jeffrey Epstein. She did a sensational presentation in uh, 2020. Uh, uh, my, I did three on 2020. One was with Kelly Watt, who's been very good in doing research on Sandy Hook, just out of the goodness of her heart, for example. She has her own commercial and home cleaning service, so she knew that blood is a biohazard, and its disposal has to be documented from origin to ultimate disposition. She began calling up agencies in Connecticut and asking who cleaned up the blood. No one can answer the question. Eventually, they directed her to Lieutenant Paul Vance, who'd been in charge of the Connecticut State Police on the scene. And she asked who cleaned up the blood. And Paul Vance just blurted out, what blood? Because there hadn't actually been any blood. I mean, the whole thing was so phony, so fake. So we got, and then I did one on what happened at Sandy Hook, you can find there. I did another on called Deception Galore talking about how prominent politicians have used body doubles. Hillary Clinton has used oh eight, at least eight different body doubles from the time she collapsed at the 9-11 memorial. Even in her debates on in the national stage with Donald Trump, that was not Hillary Clinton. That was a younger, thinner, far more attractive woman than Hillary. But you will hardly find this believable. Even during the national debate, again, with Donald Trump, with Joe Biden, that was not the real Joe. It turns out this guy was different. James Woods was among the first to notice the eye color was wrong. He had brown eyes. Biden had blue the ears wrong. Uh, uh, Biden had a pendulant ear that turns up. But the, the other features I noticed have now been confirmed by independent research. They have different shapes and size of skull. They have a different smile. They have a different signature. This guy, who we're seeing on television all the time, is a fake president as a result of a fake election. They even have a fake soundstage. They have a fake Oval Office in the Eisenhower Executive Building. It's going to blow you away. And it turns out that uh, uh, Apple has a new app based to determine sex based upon facial features. And would you believe when they applied it to famous women, they discovered that Michelle Obama is a man as is Serena Williams, a tennis star. Well, you're going to find the whole story about Michelle Obama, who was born Michael LeVon Robinson, played football for Oregon State, then transferred to Princeton with a female persona, began calling herself Michelle. You'll see photographs that Michelle has a package most women do not have. And mm -hmm. after he was out of office, Michelle let her beard grow. There are even photographs of a young Barack with Michael, who has... None of the mammary gland you expect of a female. Indeed, you also have the report from a physician who was attending her, walked into her, taking a leak, standing up in a yeah. trailer near Trenton, where he'd been asked to be silent, paid millions. But he said, given what they've done to the country, I can no longer remain silent. That Michelle Obama is not a man who underwent a sex change operation. Michelle Obama is a man with a breast implants and a huge shaving bill. 
Think about that, America. The Democrats might like to sell you Michelle as their next candidate for president. Just think about the package you'd be getting. It's all there in deception galore from the 2020 conference. I mean, Paul, I'm telling you, this stuff is really spectacular, deep and searching. Joe Olson, who's a phenomenal engineer, has one there about the use of nuclear devices to destroy the Twin Towers. Hmm. We were told... 13 floors did, uh, vaporized. That's right. They were converted into millions of cubic yards of very fine dust, which, by the way, is a signature of the use of nukes. But these yeah. were fifth, fourth, fifth generation nukes. They have a low radioactivity. They're very special in their design, and they can accommodate all the features of what we found, which include this. The U.S. Geological Survey did dust studies from 35 locations in lower Manhattan and found elements that would not have been there had this not been a nuclear event, barium, strontium, lithium, lanthanum, tritium, some of which only exist in radioactive form, Paul. So be prepared to have your, your mind open in a, in a way that is going to simply astonish and amaze you. You thought you knew what was going on. Well, brace yourself. You ain't seen nothing yet. JamesFetzer.org. Uh, go to the, the 2020 conference. Look at that. Watch some of the videos. I know, I know that once you start seeing some of this information and start seeing some of this stuff come out, you are going to go straight to that 2021 conference. You're going to want to see that as well. Uh, that's absolutely right, Paul. And by the way, they denigrate conspiracy theorists because we are investigating crimes that frequently lead back to the government. So the CIA is just playing a game by denigrating the people who are in the process of exposing the complicity of the CIA in other government entities. Uh, you want to declare yourself to be a conspiracy theorist once you understand what's going on, or alternatively, as a conspiracy analyst or as a conspiracy realist. And let me just mention in passing an article I recently published at UNZ UNZ Review. What's wrong with conspiracy theories? Where I explain that because conspiracy theories are theories, we can apply the same criteria we apply to scientific theories to evaluate conspiracy theories. Believe me, I give you lots of illustrations and explain exactly how the process proceeds. You simply have to take these conspiracy theories and fashion them in a formulation that is sufficiently precise to be empirically testable, and then it turns out all the pieces fall into place when you apply scientific reasoning and critical thinking. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what we're all about here. Logical and critical thinking. Thank you so much, James. I am, I, I so appreciate you, uh, you being on the program and I can't wait to have you on again. Paul, that would be my great pleasure. And I thank you so much for this. I'm simply delighted, delighted. Thank you so much. Well, you're welcome. Thank you, everyone, for joining us, and we'll catch you next time right here on Logical Thinking. This program is presented for information purposes only. The statements made herein have not been evaluated by any agency and should not be considered professional, legal, or medical advice. Viewers are directed to consult their own professional sources before acting on any information presented here.